0: Scripture is so powerful, you'll notice that every time I ever share or speak, it's always focused on God's Word, you know, it's always about God's Word, because I believe that is our light, that is the truth, uh, and that's something we need to understand what God is trying to speak to us and, and understand what God is trying to do in, in our lives, and one of, uh, I, I thought I'd just begin this morning by sharing um, one of the Scriptures that I have found to be so comforting, so encouraging. But there's a depth to it. You know, you read God's word and you, and you say, wow, that was really good. And then if you just pause a minute, and if you look at it close enough, you go, wait a minute. Maybe God's telling me a little bit more. <laughs> maybe God's trying to say something a little bit more. But 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, I think is a verse. You could just take this home, put it in your heart, put it in your spirit. It's a great verse to be encouraged by. And and it's uh, Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel, of Israel was surrounded by. By an enemy army, and there was no hope of defeating them. They were absolutely overwhelmed. They could not win this battle. You know, sometimes we get in battles. We look at it, and if we're just honest, we realize I'm not going to win this. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, this is going to be really tough. This is going to be really difficult. I don't, I, I don't know how I'm, this family situation or this financial situation or this business or this employer or employee or Son or daughter or whatever or parent goes, how is this going to work out, God? And that's where Jehoshaphat finds himself, this king. And this is what it says. This is what the Lord says to you. So I just want us to personalize this. Can we do that? This is God speaking to us. This is what the Lord says to you this morning. This is what he says to you. Do not be afraid. Because how many of us where we live? (laughs) How many know? You know we act like we're not afraid. We act like we're good. But you think, oh man, what's going to happen? And it doesn't come out as fear. We don't think fear, but we're 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 stressed. And all of a sudden we're eating wrong. And all of a sudden we're fussing it at those that we love the most. Come on, (laughs) this is where it comes out. The fear says, "Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army." (laughs) So there's a vast army out there, and I believe so often we face a vast army. Sometimes in life, with in difficulties and things that are going on, we just say, man, how am I going to overcome this? And So God comes to the king and says, okay, I want you to get this. I said, don't be afraid because I'm going to take care of everything, even against this vast army. For and here's, here's why we're not afraid. Here's why you do not have to fear tomorrow. Here's why you can grab a hold of something that is... Bigger than you as you understand what does it mean to walk in God, something so much greater. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to, no matter how big it is, be afraid, because for the battle is not yours. It's God's. The battle is not yours. The battle, see, we gotta get that in your spirit. We gotta get this understand. The battle is not mine. I want you to think about that. I want you to say that out loud. I want you to say that in your spirit, whatever. The battle is not mine. The battle is not mine. I remember watching a, a movie. Lisa's favorite movie is called "Shining Through." Oh old, 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 old movie, because so are we. But anyway, the the po- the point is, we just we just look young and, and beautiful. Uh, so it's a, it, it, a movie called "Shining Through," and it's a uh, it stars Michael Douglas, a very young Michael Douglas. I don't. You know who he is, but uh, the uh, very young Michael Douglas, and he is uh, a spy. This is during right before World War II, and I just remember this one scene. It's just this one scene that really strikes me. He, he's walking into his secret spy office, whatever. He's walking in, and there was a man standing on a like a soapbox around a corner with everyone gathering around him, and he's yelling, it's not our war. It's not our war. War, In other words, so this was a pacifist that didn't want us, to, America to get into the war. Or maybe he was a German plant. Don't know. <laughs> but he was, he was reemphasizing that over. This is not our war. I remember him yelling that over and over. And I thought about that when, when, this, when this verse sort of stirred my heart. And I'm thinking, this is not our war. But you see, this is the difference. We cannot be spiritual pacifists. This man says, I'm not going to fight. That's how he interpreted, I'm not going to do anything. But we cannot be spiritual pacifists. We cannot be those and, and that that do, sit back and do nothing. And that's a, the, the confusion we get when we read that verse, how great that is. That God is in control. It's God's battle. It's not mine. So I'm going to sit back, and God, you handle it. God, I'm going to sit back and just do what I want to do and live the way I want to do and act how I want to uh, act because it's your battle. You take care of it, and just let me know when it's all done. <laughs> That's a spiritual pacifist, but that's not what God wants. It, it's interesting. The very next verse after that one, it says, tomorrow, march down against them. Wait, 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 wait. I thought I thought you just said it's not our battle. Now you're sending us into the battle? Yes. That's what we got to get a hold of. That's what we got to understand this morning. It's not our battle, but that doesn't mean that we don't fight. And we don't fight God's way. And that was the point out of all of this. They had to learn how to fight God's way. You see, what happened is God said, this is what I want you to do. I, I want you, your army to go out, but in front of them, put the worship team. Put the creative team. Cindy will lead it, and then Seth, and then everyone else who will fall behind it. Put the creative team out there, and they go First. In, in front of the army. So I, I can imagine the creative team gets out there and they're standing all out front and they're thinking, what we're going to do is we're going to sing them in. Come on, boys. You're going to you're going to go get them. That's what they're thinking. But God had something different. God had something so much different. They were actually going to fight through their songs. But they had to still sing. They had to still uh, do that. They had to still go out there ahead of the soldiers. You see, we think, oh, no, if, if, if it's his battle, then... Then, then he'll do it, and we don't have to do anything. But instead, we have to do something. We just have to fight it our way. Because there's no substitute. I mean, God's way. There's no substitute in doing it God's way. There's no substitute in sitting there because the battles are real. You don't. I don't have to tell you that. You lived last week. The struggle, the fear, the doubt, the worry, the sin, the frustration, the weaknesses, they're real. They're there. How do we win those battles? Because understanding it's God's battle, but the point is, how do we fight? We just, we just send in the pastor. Pastor will do that. Pastor, go, go fight that battle. No. It's like I, I, I just love this uh, quote or story this general told about a simulation with the AI. They're working with an AI. To, it's just a simulation. And this AI is flying around, shooting, blowing up targets, because that's what they do, right? So uh, they're shooting and blowing up targets, and, but they have a controller. And this controller's human, and this human's is telling the AI, yes, that one. And that one. And the and the AI figures out the more things it blows up, the more points it gets. <laughs> yeah, I need to blow up stuff. And the controller says, Yeah, yes, no, don't don't blow up that one. <laughs> Those are friendly. Don't do that. And then and then yes, yes, yes. No, 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 don't, don't do that. And so after a while, the AI starts to develop, starts thinking, wait a minute, I get more points for blowing up things. The controller is stopping me from blowing up things, so I'm going to blow up the controller. True story. In the simulation, he blew up the controller. (laughs) It killed, you know, in a simulation, the controller because he wanted to do it, the AI, his way. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a funny story, and they're never going to do anything with AI. No, just kidding. That's not the point of that story. The point of that story is we do the same thing. God's in control. And God says, I want you to do it this way. I want you to live this way, I want you to act this way, I want you to do this, I want you to forgive here, I want you to go, to whatever it is, whatever it is, we, Oh God, I don't want to do this. so what do we do, what did the world do, they just got rid of the controller, mm. there is no God, there is no, there is no sting in it, there is no method, there is no like that, I'm going to do it my way and live my way, we attack the controller, and you say, well, Greg, what is God's way, how do we do, what does it mean to do it God's way, it's to do it God's way is to mean that we're we're giving him the authority. We're giving him the power. We're honoring his way instead of our way. We're giving that. And so if you go out in the front of the battle, and that could be honoring his way, could be singing. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad idea. Just go out and start singing and, and putting some the the faith in your heart or 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 trusting or giving or living or whatever it is, go out in front, do that, live it God's way. That's what God wants for us. You see. We need to understand how to fight the good fight. That's what Paul talks about. Paul, the, uh, uh, the apostle in the New Testament, writes, I fight the good fight. I fought the good fight. We have to fight the good fight, which basically means his fight. <laughs> we fight. There's not a problem. Come on. <laughs> you know, we fight sometimes with our spouse. We fight sometimes with our employer. We fight with our neighbor. We fight. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, fought, I'm talking about fighting his way doing it the way God wants us to fight. And, and we say, well, Greg, how do I fight that way? Jesus showed us. Jesus, the Son of God, part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus humbled himself. The Bible says he emptied himself of his glory and became man. He was all God, all man. He didn't He didn't give up His uh, his divinity. He was still God, but he humbled himself and emptied himself of all that and trusted God even to death praying in the garden, not my will, like this, not my honor, but your honor, God. I'm going to follow you. I'm going I'm to do what you want to do for my life. That's what it means, because this is what we need to understand. Honor changes everything. Honor changes everything in your life, everything in your business, Everything in your family, everything in your relationships, everything, it changes. Everything in, your, in the way you live your life, God touches us because honor changes everything. Can you imagine when the uh, singers in front of the vast army first got out there? Like I said, they're saying, come on, you go. And all of a sudden they realize, he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> you go first. They go, Us? We got, we got, can you imagine? I mean, this was a human moment. They, they were going to trust God. They wouldn't do what the king said, but it it had to be something a little bit, uh, you know, difficult. I say there's a huge army and they all had swords and they all had armor and they were ready to kill because this was evil army that was going to wipe out. I mean, they, they don't take prisoners. This was going to be a, a, a bloodbath, and so they're out front, and they said, "Okay, King, where we go." So they started singing, and, and I, I, the king told them what to sing: "Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Give thanks for the Lord." So they started to sing this, and I think they probably started, "Give, give thanks to, to to the Lord," you know, you know, for the love. I Really hope endures forever, you know, and I think, I think. Just me, just seeing this story. They maybe just walked out a little bit. But as they began to sing... Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. Come on. And all of a sudden, I couldn't imagine that praise team just running full blast right into the army. Right up to them in faith standing because something begins to change. And something, when all of a sudden you honor God. What God? See, they were honoring God, but the king told them to do it. The king said, "Hey, the prophet says this. Trust the prophet. Trust the word of God. Trust what God's doing. You can do this." And they marched out in faith. Now, look what see what happened in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, verse twenty-two. I love this. In that verse, all of a sudden, we begin to understand what God is, is doing. It says, "As they began to sing, as they began to sing." At the very beginning, when they began to sing and they began to march, the Lord, and praise, the Lord set ambushes. And the enemy started to attack themselves. How many are ready for God to set some ambushes for the enemies that you're facing, for the struggle, for the miracles that you're believing for, the things that you're asking God for? There are some ambushes that need to be set, that God can do that. And how did that happen? Because they honored God. Because they honored and they trusted what God was saying to them. to to, to believe that and this in this occasion this it was the singers first maybe that's why we sing first now to just break through and just to stir up our faith I don't know but whatever it is are you willing to trust God are you willing to believe what God are you ready to see God set up some ambushes against every struggle every fear every worry every doubt everything that you're dealing with this morning I believe God does that. I believe he did it then to show us he can do it now, <laughs> that show us that God can move. How can we do this? How can we live this life of honor? It's, Greg, I want this. I don't know. What, what does that mean? What does, it, what does it really mean to live a life of honor, to do it God's way, honoring God? What does that mean? Well, the Bible puts it real simple because that's who we are. <laughs> Br- brings it right down. and says, okay, you want to understand it? Romans chapter 12. Verse 10. It's very simple. Honor one another above yourself. Okay. That's like, oh wow, that's a good verse. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's deeper than that. You, you gotta see, you know what I just said? Honor everyone above yourself. So when, when couples are going, I don't know, you know, he's my husband, he's just Whoa, can't believe that, you know, like that. The Bible says honor. Uh-huh. That wife, she's just running around like that. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. Not just if you see, we, we, we don't have any trouble with honor. I honor you because I love you. I know you. You did this for me. You took care of that. You come over and move dirt in my yard, whatever. We honor people that do that, right? You know? Evidently, you know, you're supposed to buy dirt and move dirt. But the point is, is that it is that uh, they we, we honor people that honor us. But that's not what the verse said. Honor everybody, everyone above yourself. Whoa, that's just like a little too steep, God. That's just a little. That's a little intense. How how, how would you imagine a church where everyone honored everyone else above themselves? What would they be called? Be called. The early church, <laughs> it would be, be called core church because that's what I believe God is calling us to do. This is how we live. It's as practical and it as is, it is down to earth as you can be. This is what the scripture is telling us. If you want to see God do miracles in your life, honor everyone above yourself. Jesus was out doing ministry, doing the thing. He was accused of being possessed. He was actually accused of having a demon and doing things by demons. How did Jesus answer that? How, how in the world would Jesus respond? I don't have a demon. What, what does he say? What does he do? How, 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 what is, how does he make this happen? So his answer I just really strikes me because it's very, very simple. This is what he said. I honor my father. I'm just honoring my father. What does that mean? I'm doing what God asked me to do. Even though you don't understand it, even though it's confusing to you, even you think it's weird, even though you think I shouldn't do it like this, I'm just doing what God wants me to do, what the Father asked me to do. That's what it means to honor. And that's what it means to honor for you. It's to understand that you're doing exactly what God wanted you to do. Being obedient, even when the world doesn't understand, even even when it, it's just... It, I I can't understand what they're doing or or, or how they're coming against me. He just said, I honored, I honor my father. You see, honor brings breakthrough. Honor will break through your failure. Honor will break through your weakness. Honor will break through your discouragement, your fear, your sin, your doubt. Honor breaks through everything because honor is saying, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to trust what you're saying. I'm going to trust what you're doing. It breaks through everything because this is what you need to understand. Living a life of honoring releases faith. Living a life of honoring releases faith. Now, more than once people have said, Greg, how do I have faith for that? I don't know how have enough faith that my marriage will be uh, back together or that that God can heal me or how do I have that faith? How do I I do that? And I just start with them say, okay, let's do what God wants you to do. Just be obedient to what God's asking you to do because that's honoring God's will in your life. If you're saying, God, I'm going to be faithful with this. I'm going to do this. And you say, how do I do that? How do I release more faith? Look at Matthew chapter 13. I love this. It says, Jesus went to his hometown. (laughs) His people that knew him, that saw him when he was six and fell down and hurt his knee and cried. I think that happened. I don't know. I think it could. Jesus was a little boy, but he was still God. So he went back, and, and, and it's Jesus told them, He said, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown and his own home. Okay. So he's not with, a prophet. Has honor because a prophet comes and he's moving in the things of God. A prophet comes and is saying the things that God wants him to say, and everyone sees that and that's good. But in his hometown, he's moving in, in God and doing saying the things that God wants. But they said, "I remember when you were six; and you fell down and you cried." <laughs> so, so how is it that you can you can do that? So a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown. And this is, I think, one of the most, which one of those showstopper. Verses. One of those verses you go, what? It says, and he did not, literally could not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Jesus, the son of God, could not, did not do because of their lack of faith. And their lack of faith came from lack of honoring. So you have to, let's turn this around because this is the exciting part for us right here, right now, is that when we release, uh, and understand the honor that God has for us, it will bring us the victory. It will bring us because when we honor, then that brings stirs our faith, and the faith brings us the victory, and God moves through that, and God moves through the, the victory that God wants to put in our life and put in our heart. It releases victory, and that's the ultimate act of faith. You say, Greg, I want to have more faith. Honor. Honor your spouse. What? No, 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 no. I want to have more faith with God. Great. Honor your spouse. Honor everyone else. Honor God's will in your life, in service, in giving, in action, in the way you live, the way you talk. Honor God. As you honor God and do his will, it will release the power of God. Because when you sow honor, you will reap miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe God is not a God of the past. He is God of the present and the future. And so I believe right now God can work miracles in our life. You say, oh, Greg, I need this miracle My my family. Oh, man, it's so messed up. Or this situation, this financial is just breaking me in in my business. Whatever that is, so honor. So honor into into each one of those situations. Because it's so hard. God, I don't get a raise because my work stinks. My boss is horrible. Yes, and you'll never get a raise. <laughs> because your attitude is, even if you go to work and you put on that smile, you might get too practical with you. Because this is where we live. Because we have to understand that honoring others helps us understand how do we honor God. Because if we honor what God is doing in other people and what God wants to do in other people, then we understand how God honors us. God says, if you honor me, I'll honor you. I will honor you. I will bring blessing in your life. <laughs> See, it's not only this victories, but a life of honoring, you're going to love this, re- actually releases the inheritance that God has for you. The inheritance that God wants to bless you with. Whatever, the, whatever that is, it helps us understand. And he said, Greg, how can honoring have anything to do with the inheritance that God has for me? The spiritual inheritance in my life, my family, my finances, whatever it is that. Because honoring positions you, it puts you in the right place to hear from God. And so often people don't hear from God. They don't understand what God's doing because they're in the wrong place doing the wrong things at the wrong time. If a couple, young couples in the back of the seat of a car doing what they shouldn't do, you know, they can't say, they can't say, God, uh, help me. It's too late. You already climbed in that back seat, if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> because you're in the wrong position. <laughs> God can still move because God does miracles. But I'm just telling you, whatever those decisions that we're making that are the wrong decisions are becoming because we're not honoring God. Now, watch this. Deuteronomy 5.16, we know this verse, it's very common. It says, honor your father and your mother. (laughs) We learned that first, right? I mean, I, I grew up. Even if you're if you didn't grow up Christian, you know you'd, somewhere you'd have to see that because your parents, even non-Christian parents, quote that one. <laughs> it's the most uh, quoted verse from non-Christians, right there. Honor your mother and father. Come on, you know whatever. You know some sometimes you know whatever. We'll just we'll stop that. And so honor we get that. So watch what it goes on to say. So that you may live long. <laughs> you see. We have a mixed up crazy world that does everything and plastic surgery and all these type of things just so they can look young, but they're not going to live any longer. Nothing wrong with plastic surgery. Love that. Do that. Whatever. The point out of all that is that just because you make it seem good on the outside doesn't mean it's real on the inside. And what happens so often is that, is that we want that we want this to change. But see, the Bible says, the Bible promises. Here's a promise right out of God's Word. Didn't make it up. It's... It's written there. You can go look it up in Deuteronomy. If you honor your father and mother, you will have long life. You want to live long? But that's just the beginning of the blessing. That's just, that's just this is what's crazy about this. That's just, uh, and I've heard that, and actually I believe that, and I've confessed that for years, but not really understanding the other half of that. It says you will live long. Uh, not only will you live long, but it may so that it may go well with you, in the land the Lord your God has given you, in other words, your inheritance, the things that God's going to bless you with, the things that God wants to put in your life and your family and your future and all these things that God wants to do, it will go well with you. You know that word, that little word yeah, and that says it'll go well with you, literally means joy. It means success. It means favor. It means living fulfilled. So living long is not just what God promised. If you obey your parents, you'll live long, you'll have long life. But if you obey your parents, you will live long and be happy doing it. <laughs> There's a scripture, I didn't have time to, to pull it up, but the verse that says that God, get, has, God has given some wealth and power and prestige, but not the ability to enjoy it. And I'm thinking that's where the world lives. Isn't that what the world says, I have all this, and the suicide rate is never higher, and the the, the divorce rate in in families that have everything has just fallen apart. What is all that about? Because they may have the outward, but they don't understand the joy of what it really means. Because God not only promises that if we honor our parents that he will give us long life, but he'll give us long life and the inheritance that we have, and we'll actually enjoy it. And they say, well, Greg, what does all this have to do? Watch this. Abraham, the father of, of our faith, right? Abraham. In Genesis chapter uh, 12, uh, verse 1, it says that God called Abraham out and said, go to a land, and I'm not going to tell you where you're going to go. You're going to wander. Our men's group talked about that this week. It was, it was so powerful. Just, just go down there. Okay. So before that, though, is the understanding we need to get. It. Because before that, right before that, it says that Terah, Abraham's father just got it in his heart somehow, some way. Just does, The Bible doesn't say what, why, why, or it just got in his heart. You know what? We're going to leave Ur, and I'm going to take my whole family, my son Abraham, his wife Sarah, and Lot and some other families, and we're going to go to Canaan <laughs> just out of the blue. Do you know where that is? We're talking uh, probably Iran, <laughs> all the way to Iran walking up all the way up to northern Syria and then all the way down <laughs> into uh, Canaan to the to where Israel is now, the promised land, right? That's what he said. Let's do that. Can you imagine Abraham, young, new, newly married, and has his wife starting to get settled in and started getting a life and got a job and everything like that. And all of a sudden, uh, your father says, I want you to come with me. <clears throat> what? Really? Got to do this? But it seems that Abraham said, okay, you go, I'll go. I'll honor my father. So he went up there. Now, they only get halfway. They only get to uh, a city in northern Syria called Hera. And all of a sudden he says, Let's, I, This is good enough. I'm just going to settle here. Then the Bible says that God came to uh, Abraham and said, Come on, come on, come on, come on down to here. Now, here's the power in all this. Look what it says in Genesis 15 7. God said to Abraham, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. Whoa, did you just catch that? Did you just catch it? Everyone move, you're awake, okay. Did you catch what happened there? God said, I called you out of Ur. Actually, if you read it, it seems at first that it was out of Hera. It was in northern Syria. It wasn't in in, uh, Iraq. But you see, that is the point. (laughs) That's the point that God is trying to say. From the very beginning, when you were just thinking you were honoring your father, you were honoring me. Because I always had a plan. I always had a purpose. And from the very beginning, when you were just there and you just thought, well, I'm just doing this because this is what my dad wants. Instead, he's saying, I'm doing this because what my dad wants. And that is honoring God. He broke through his inheritance through living a life of honoring. And that's what God has. God has a plan. He thought it was just about staying with the family. He thought it was just about honoring his father, but it was so much more. He honored God. From the very beginning, God has a plan. God has a, a purpose. God has something that he's trying to do in our life. You, you see... Honoring God, honoring God, means that God brings that inheritance. Honoring positions us. It places us just at the right place. And we don't see it. It seems like a natural thing. It seems like I'm just being kind to my wife. It seems like I'm just being good to someone else. But actually, God is doing something so much greater. I remember when God first moved in my heart to move to Tampa. And I said, it, it, it had been several years praying about it, and all of a sudden, God opened the doors, and we were ready to go. But that happened to be, unfortunately, during, at the very beginning, that summer, before my son, Justin, started his senior year. He was in a math and science academy in high school, and that means he had to give that up. That means he wouldn't be able to be a part of one. He wouldn't graduate from the math and science academy. He wanted to go into nuclear engineering, and you know, these things are important. You got these schools, and where you come from and where you study is important. And so I said, Justin, it's, we got to go. This is God's called us. So he said, okay. He comes down there. He comes down here. He applies to schools. There's only two or three in the entire East Coast that even did undergraduate nuclear engineering. And so as he comes down here, we, we got settled. And we got here, God's plan was got here exactly one day before the deadline so that he could get uh, in-state tuition in Florida the next year. And not only that, because he, was, because he was here that senior year, he got the Bright Scholarship or whatever, so he was actually get a scholarship that helped him in his first year. He was accepted at University of Florida, and it was just God has just bloomed. He did his undergraduate, did his graduate, and just finished his doctorate. And God placed him. Do you see? God opened up in his inheritance and began to put him on the, the path of, of his inheritance. Why? Because simply he said, okay. You say, God, I don't do that. I don't want to do that. I don't understand that. God, this is too hard. This is too difficult. Why, why are you are doing it that way? I want to do it my way. And we want to just shoot the controller and move on and say, God, let me live my way. But you see, you need to understand that living a life of honoring releases abundance. It will actually release abundance in our life. Above, above what we can ever imagine. Because you see, living abundance doesn't mean I don't have any troubles. Living abundance means everything's perfect. <laughs> Living abundance doesn't, it just means in your trouble, in your struggle, in your pain, in your difficulty, in your hurt, in your loss. God's abundance is there. It's the abundance of grace, abundance of mercy, abundance of all, everything that we could ever need. Above all, above all, it means God is doing this. I love Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Literally, with all that you have, everything that you are. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor God with all that you have, with everything that God gives you. And then he gives us specifically how? With the first fruits of your crops. In other words, make sure God is first in our priorities. Make sure God is first in everything that we do. Then your barns will be full, uh, will be filled and overflowing, and your vats filled uh, or brim over. With new wine. You said, the new wine's good, but I don't know about barns. I don't have a barn. <laughs> so the point out of all that is God is there. Are we putting God first? Is it all God first? Is it really about all God first and, and what God is trying to do in our life? And this is what God wants us to understand. Honoring God means to put him first. To give God everything, Living a life of honor, gives God first. Gives him all that we have, everything that we are. Say God, you can. This is yours first. This is what it means to live honor. This is as practical as you come. How we treat other people, how we respond to other people. The the first fruits comes by saying, God, you're first. You're first in my life. Not my will. The true will be done. I love that word brim over. You know literally what it means to burst, to burst forth. It doesn't. God just saying it's not going to spill over. You know, oops, whoops, spill a little bit. <laughs> oh, that'll be okay. They'll get blessed with that. No, it's bursting. Through, It's like the windows of heaven opening up. It's everything that God's trying to do in our life, pour into our life, brim over, burst, and just see the amazing things. You say, well, Greg, how do I know I'm doing that? One last verse, and I'll end with this. Proverbs 14, verse 31. Whoever is kind to the needy honors God whoever is kind, and you say, well, Greg, what is that verse really about? It's easy to honor those that we feel we get honor back. It's easy to honor those that, that but we get so busy with life, and you know what this word uh, uh, kind means, to be kind. It literally means compassion, compassion that is easily moved. That's what it means. Whoever is easily moved honors God. And we live in a hard and a callous world It says, oh, they'll just abuse it. They'll just go out and get get drunk or they'll just do that. And we just push it aside and push it there and push it there. And it's easy to become calloused even against the things of God. You say, Greg, how can I really see the miracles in my life? How can I see God turn things around situations around? How can I see God do these things? You know what all that comes from? It comes from the trust and honoring God and to be easily moved. Are you easily moved? Are you easily moved by God? When God says, I want you to do this, I want you to say this, I want you to think this, I want you to give this, are you easily moved? Yes, Lord. That's how you know. That's your barometer today. How easily moved if God just speaks to you. You know, I don't have a roof on my office over there, mainly because it was about fire cold and dying and stuff. But I like it open now because Not that when I'm praying in there, it's not about God hearing my prayer because I know I don't need a roof. God hears me. But that I can look up and know my answer comes from above. Am I easily moved? And this morning, I think the challenge for us to be, is God, am I easily moved? When your spirit is moving on me to talk, to give, to forgive, to be kind, to be loving, to to care, am I easily moved? You received the word this morning come on give god thanks everybody give thanks to god let me pray for you father i pray for every single person here that we understand what it means to honor you and to be easily moved easily moved to compassion easily moved to kindness easily moved to action e- easily moved to giving ourselves, our life our finances our wealth whatever it is god easily just in obedience to you, and to what you're trying to do. But God, I pray right now, there's anyone in here that is living their own life, going their own way, saying, I'm gonna be in control of my life and I'm gonna be the one that's gonna decide what I do and where I go. And they're not easily moved because they're hard against you. God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit just settles on this entire congregation, all the way through the live stream. God, touch people. Melt the hearts. And Father, if there's anyone that doesn't know you, that hasn't given their life to you, that hasn't asked you into their hearts so that you are the controller, that you are doing it your way and that they're following your will, God, I pray right now with all of my heart that, God, we accept you as our Lord and Savior. Forgive us and cleanse us, renew us, strengthen us. Forgive me of all of our sins. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us. And God, make us a new person, someone that knows what it means to love and to honor you. God, I pray that for every single person. And if there's anyone, anyone in here that doesn't uh, know you or anyone watching online, God, I pray right now they would just do that in faith in their heart. God, forgive us. God, forgive us. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for your touch. In the name of Jesus, amen.